Happy holidays, everyone. This is Rick from Inside Music Cast. Hi, and this is Eddie Cabello. Happy holidays to everybody here. And we've got uh, a special present to unwrap here today. A very um, special present. <laughs> we've uh, we've done interviews with uh, four past guests, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna throw those all into this uh, package here today. Right, exactly. We're really excited about this because we'll be talking about uh, some things that uh, sort of a wrap up of, of where uh, the year has been for them and where they're pointing, and and they just want basically want to say happy holidays to everybody. So I don't know. First guest is uh, no stranger to Inside Music Cast. In fact, he's the uh, the Santa Claus slash Gandalf of Inside Music. Absolutely, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and we're of course we're talking about Lee Sklar. Hey, Lee, thanks for joining us today. Well, happy holidays to you too. Politically incorrect now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been just a little over a year since we last spoke to you, and uh, at the time, at that particular time, we were just you were just wrapping up uh, the Troubadour reunion tour with James Taylor and Carol King, which of course was an incredible. 51 city mm-hmm. tour and it took you all over North America and at the time you mentioned that this tour might head to Europe and I just wondered if anything else was in their works for that Troubadour tour uh, as of now it is it is over and done with it was kind of sad they had a really wonderful tour offered for Europe and, and the Far East uh, but uh, Carol had other commitments and, and uh, at that point said she mm-hmm. was unable to do it so you know, my, my gut's telling me they won't put it back together, but I never say never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you had also mentioned at the time that, and I know a lot of uh, fans have asked us about this too, if we've heard anything, but, um, you know, you said that every one of those shows was filmed for, you know, some potential DVD or Blu-ray, and I just wondered if you knew anything more about that. No, I don't know. I'm as in the dark as anybody, but I know that we had that they filmed every night and that we had a, a full recording studio out there recording every night. Mm-hmm. So there, somewhere, in, 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 I guess, with the Ark of the Covenant in that warehouse is, <laughs> is, a, is a box of pretty amazing stuff. Now, I'm really hoping that it does see the light of day because it's dramatically different than the uh, Troubadour show that we did uh, you know, like four years ago, whenever that was. Right, uh, right. That, that got this whole thing launched. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my fingers are crossed that it'll see see the light of day at some point. Too. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure, too. I think we'll wait for that. Um, you've done a lot of touring this past year, but uh, more recently you're, uh, you've are you been real busy with uh, Lyle Lovett, and, uh, and you're still going out there with the large band uh, this past summer, right? Yeah, we went out for the summer and, and did that, and that was that's always great because, uh, I mean, I, I've been working with Lyle since uh, I did his the large band album mm-hmm. uh, off and on, and I'm touring more regularly with him now, but... The thing that's fun with him is we do so many different incarnations. The summer tours usually with the large band, which is like 15 players. But then we I've done a couple of corporates with him, and we stripped that down to about six guys. Wow. And uh, and it's just fun to you know have to reinvent the songs each time for for different configurations. Yeah, you know this. I I can't remember the last time you were actually out with Lyle before. Of course, this past summer. But um, I was just curious, just in uh, from your perspective, did did this particular tour present any new challenges for you compared to like past tours with Lyle? No, you know, because th- there's a consistency uh, in, in the music. I mean, he's he's got a, a fairly finite, um, even though it's a cra- uh, you know just a ton of songs uh, to draw from. Uh, there's you know, always like with any artist that that's established like that. There's there's X amount of songs you're gonna do in the show because that's what the audience wants to hear, and then you can kind of stretch and introduce some new material. But basically, guys like you know James and and Lyle and 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 artists of that ilk, 
kind of what they do is what they do. Yeah. It's, it's not like, you know, suddenly you're out with Madonna and every year she's becomes this other character. Um, so we can pretty much get right back into the, uh, to the routine. Cause yeah. with the thing that's tough with Lyle is when we show up to the first gig of the tour, yeah. that's also the first rehearsal. <laughs> there is no rehearsal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the first sound check is the, is the rehearsal. Yeah, and you just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, you're flying by the seat of your pants. So you were out with, uh, I think Russ Kunkel was on drums again this time around, right? Absolutely. Was Francine back this time yeah, uh, for this Francine tour? Francine was there, which it, to me is always yeah. just a, a hoot. Because I think last year, when we or last time we talked to you, I think it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, Francine was doing some other um, show like in Seattle. She had her own. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was she. She was digging that because she didn't have to travel. Uh, I think she only had like four songs, like four showcase songs in, in this ensemble show. And I think she, for a change, really kind of enjoyed just you know not being on the bus with all the knuckleheads and. <laughs> you know, dealing with that, being the den mother out there. So, uh, but man, I, I I love her so much. She is just one soulful, funky. <laughs> she is, yeah, she and, is. Uh, to have her on the road was always a dream. Yeah. So with uh, with uh, sort of uh, the holidays uh, season upon us right now, uh, is there are you gonna be taking a little hiatus? What are you working on right now? Um, taking a um, break. It's been right. It's a funny little period right now. Monday, mm-hmm. I'm starting some English band. I don't know. I can't remember what their name is, but they're over here from England. Mm-hmm. And I was just in Vegas and did the Latin Grammys, and we did the oh, cool. person of the Latin Person of the Year with Shakira. She she was awarded that. But then I did the actual show with uh, Antonio uh, M- uh, Marco Antonio Solis, mm-hmm. and. Um, then we're doing, I think, a Christmas show with Harry Shearer. Then I've got another thing coming up that's a, uh, we're doing a fundraiser for fallen police to, uh, for their families. Okay. And then I'm heading to Mexico City for one day to do a base clinic, and I just finished uh, two days of base clinics out at Citrus College when I, the day I got back from the Grammys. So it's all kinds of weird little, you know, one-off things. Yeah. Um, we we just uh, went in and did a track for Grant Geisman's record. Really, uh, we're going to have some more coming up on that, and um, so just always hustle. I'm moving targets harder to hit. <laughs> oh, that's and cool. I'm, right now, I'm just looking forward to Nam. I, I got uh, kind of deeply involved with Warwick bases, and I'm going to be hanging with them. And I'm doing a trio thing with uh, that we did at the Frankfurt trade show mm-hmm. and then just did it at bass player live and it's myself and steve bailey and jonas hellborg cool and uh we do this bass trio and uh it's it's a a lot of fun um i actually just get to play bass and they get to come and whack off up there and doing what they do so well. <laughs> you know this is your 42nd year that you're in a row in a row i think consecutively that you've been on tour yeah uh, is 2012 going to be as uh is it going to mimic this year um you know well i'm sure i'm sure we'll probably do lyle again at some point during yeah. the year and uh what i'd love to do is get a chance if toto goes back out because i couldn't do their last tour because of the james and carol tour right, right yes um but if uh if there's an opportunity this year i'd love to get a chance to work with them again yeah um but uh hopefully lyle will want to work and then I'm going to go back over to Germany for the trade show, and um, 
and 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 then I'm going to Canada. I think in February they're doing a a show. Not like it's not American Idol, but it's it's going to be a music show. But I think it's completely crazy out of the box version of that. Interesting. So they're cool. going to be giving people challenges, like a bass player and a drummer have to come up with like a one minute or two minute uh, soundtrack to a piece of film. And uh, doing things like that, and they want me. To, they called me and asked if I would mentor and be a judge or whatever for this thing. So, oh, that's cool. very cool, very neat. So you know, they, it's like I always just keep my eyes open and see what's going on. But I feel fortunate that I'm at that point in my career where if the phone isn't ringing, I'm not freaking out because I got other things I need to get accomplished. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'll be 65 in May. I mean, how long are you going to flog like this? <laughs> Forever. Keep flogging, Lee. No doubt. Well, I, have, flogging. I have no intention of stopping. <laughs> it's, 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 as Charlton Heston said, they'll have to pry my base out of my cold, dead fingers. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody can obviously keep in keep in touch with you and keep up to date with you on your Facebook page, which you oh, uh, you, you frequent know, quite much a bit. As I loathe Facebook <laughs> um, because they keep screwing with it. Yeah. You know, you, you get you get a certain uh, kind of routine going, and the next thing you go in, and it's all it's different. All different. And you kind of go, Why don't you guys just start something else? You know, go put your energies into, like, finding a cure to cancer or stupidity or something. <laughs> you know, but they keep messing with it. But, but I, I do value it from the standpoint that it is, it's really neat to be in touch with people. I really, uh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's like people that are on Farmville, and I go, that kind of stuff doesn't interest me at all, but what I really enjoy doing is like planting a seed of thought and then watching it germinate into right, a whole right. bunch of madness. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and also posting a couple pictures of uh, of your children, your two little couch potatoes, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, mm. the holidays are upon us, Lee, like Eddie mentioned here. And, uh, you know, aside from some of the sporadic gigs you're doing, uh, what are you doing for the actual holidays? You're just going to chill at home? Uh, is Santa, Santa going to bring you anything good? Any new axes or, you know, what? what you what's... know what I look like. <laughs> How do you think there's another Santa? Well, I was wondering I was wondering if one of your gigs that you're keeping from us was that, you know, I thought maybe you were a part-time Macy's Santa or something. Well, I'll tell you the greatest thing is, like, as it nears, when you're walking through the supermarket and some woman walks by with her little kid in a in the cart, and they they take one gander at you, and you, you watch their eyes turn into those slinky glasses, <laughs> <laughs> freaking out. It's, it's sure. a lot of fun. Um, no, you know, I pretty much tend to to stay close to home. Uh, there's uh, there was talk of a New Year's gig, but that fell through because it was going to be some weird gig on some island or something. But, uh, <laughs> it all went down the toilet, which is fine. But this time of year, it also gets pretty crazy uh, here in Pasadena with the uh, the parade coming up, which sure. uh, is going to be exhilarating. Knowing that there's a somebody close to our hearts is going to be marching in the parade. Yeah. And you you're welcome to throw in a, a little. <laughs> well, I was just uh, talking to Lee just before we got the interview going that uh, my daughter Gigi will be uh, – she's a head drum major at Ben Davis High School, and they'll be marching in the Rose Bowl uh, parade. So we're all jazzed about so that. So happy. That's so That's cool. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll be there. That'll be fun. Oh, no, it's going to be fantastic. You know, <laughs> the biggest disappointment to me is they just announced on the news yesterday the first time in like 50 years um, – Budweiser decided not to have the Clydesdales in the parade. Really? Holy cow. 
That's unfortunate. And they said something about they want to do something more representative of, of the beer drinkers. I'm thinking, again, just a bunch of guys puking down the street or something. And, that would be I it, mean, I think. Clydesdale's have always been kind of the defining cool part of it. Yeah. And if they're going to take that away, it's going to be like some guy, you know, peeing in his pants while he's vomiting and, and, uh, and being obnoxious. Anything oh, that... that's the, oh, that's the CEO. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anything to make the parade more colorful. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. We want green. <laughs> well, Lee, we wish you a very happy holiday, and we appreciate you catching up with us and spending a few minutes just uh, chatting about what you've been up to. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, we'll always keep in touch. We want to stay in touch and see what you're up to. Right? Hey, we're all family. Anytime you yeah. want to call and yap, I'm here. Awesome. Well, thank and you. if I'm not here, I'm somewhere else. <laughs> and we'll still find you. <laughs> yeah, leave a message. Uh, my service will call yours. <laughs> Thanks again, Lee. Thanks. All okay, right. you guys. Take good care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Happy holidays. You Same too. to you. Our next holiday guest here on Inside Music Cast, the holiday special, is uh, no stranger to the show. He joined us a few years ago, and actually at the time that we did record him, he was actually here in studio, uh, along with his uh, good buddy and bassist, Brian Bromberg. Yep, but exactly. We are talking about the uh, incredible Jeff Lorber. Yep, he's uh, currently joining us right now from Europe, where he's in Antwerp, and he's on tour promoting his uh, recent release called Galaxy. So, Jeff, uh, thank you for joining us today. Thanks, same to you. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Hey, Jeff, when... Uh, when we had last spoke, uh, and it's been a while back, uh, you had just finished delivering a couple projects, uh, and uh, th- at that time it was He Had a Hat. Since that time, you've given us two other albums, which is Heard That, and of course uh, your uh, wonderfully gra- uh, Grammy-nominated Now Is The Time, and they were awesome albums. And now you're giving us uh, a brand new album that's about to be released here in the States. It's called Galaxy. Um, you seem to be really busy, man. You're on a roll. I'm, uh, I'm very lucky. We're on a 20-city tour here, and I have an incredible band. I'm just so fortunate to have these amazing guys that I'm playing with, which is um, Eric Marienthal and Sax and Jimmy Haslip on um, the bass, who were both very involved um, in the last two albums. In fact, they even let me use their pictures on the cover with me and to call it sort of a new Jeff Lorber fusion. And, uh, and we're also super lucky to have Gary Novak on drums playing with us on this trip. And all of, by the way, all those guys, I told them about your show and they would all love to do your show. I told them all about it. And well, that's uh, all wonderful. three of them, uh, I'm sure would love to do it. Oh, wonderful. We'd love to have them on, on, on the show. And, uh, if, uh, if we hadn't, hadn't mentioned Jeff currently is on tour in Europe and he's, uh, starting out in Germany. It's taken you to, uh, where have you been so far? We played, let's see, uh, Prague, which is you know lovely place. We started in Dresden, then we played Berlin, yeah. uh, Prague, Ostrava, and then the other night in Aschaffenburg, and we're on our way to a place called Z- Zodemir, which is just a little south of Amsterdam. Yeah. You know, it, with, with Galaxy, which is the, the new album, it's, if I'm correct, uh, it's been released already in Germany. Is that correct or not? Yeah, in Europe, yeah. I think. To some extent, around the rest of the world, um, it's it was released on November 10th. I think they wanted to have it out in in time for this tour, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and then um, you know, and then I guess in the U.S. they're putting it out on um, January 30th, 31st to sort of avoid the fourth quarter, which is a tough time to put out um, yeah. music in the U.S. to have mm-hmm. to compete with everything else that's trying to get your yeah. your Christmas dollars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, with Galaxy, you've uh, essentially marked the return of the Jeff Lorber fusion, which, or, you know, whose past members have included Chick Corea, Dave Cause, and of course, Kenny G. And, and uh, why this move in the name? 
Well, by the way, you can't really call Chick Corea a member. He was just a special guest on one of that's my true. earlier records. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's true. That's very, true. Very, very uh, fortunate, though. I mean, actually, that was in a way that was my big break because um, at the time we were just this little band from uh, Portland, Oregon, and to have Chick Corea and Joe Farrell on the record is what actually brought us to the to national attention because it was sort of at their high point of their fame and success, and uh, having sort of the seal of approval of having those guys play on my record um, gave us a tremendous amount of uh, extra attention that, that, we, that we wouldn't have had. So yeah. I really owe a, a great debt to both of those guys. But um, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, you know, I've been, I guess this is about my sixth or so, sixth, seventh year of touring in Europe, especially this time of year, which is cold, of course. <laughs> but, um, you know, they always liked the name Jeff Lorber Fusion, the promoters and the, and, the, and the clubs over here like to use the name Jeff Lorber Fusion. So it actually came out of doing what we're doing right now cool. which is touring touring in europe came up with the idea of let's bring back that name and let's bring back that style of music let's bring back music that's more jazzy and more energetic and you know more up-tempo and and you know that's what that's what we did with the now is the time album and i think we were even more focused and more on point um to bring back the spirit of the original Jeff Lover fusion with the Galaxy record. Very yeah, cool. Very, very neat. Cool. You know, we've heard, uh, I was lucky enough to to receive a few uh, even tracks that were sort of in development as you were on, working on Galaxy. And they're, they're, the tracks that uh, the final ones are, they're simply stellar. They, they really are. Um, I, I will pinpoint one track right now and uh, just say the opening track of, of Live Wire just knocked me off my feet. I mean, it's it set uh, a real nice precedence for the high level of music for the entire album. And uh, it, it's it's a nice album. I'm glad to see you uh, carrying that level so so high. You know. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, the 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 song um, Live Wire. You know, the album starts off with that. And one of the things that I really love about the song is that it's it's over seven minutes long. Uh-huh. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Something you don't. <laughs> it's something you don't see anymore. You know, <laughs> back in the days we used to do that all the time. But um, you know, I didn't I didn't even really notice how long it was getting. We just sort of it was just kind of. That was one of those songs that just kind of happened. It just sort of uh, appeared <laughs> somehow, yeah. and uh, and uh, it, you know, it, it really was very inspired. And um, and that's how we we start off our sets every night. We start with that song, just the way the album starts off with that, and it's just got tremendous energy. And um, and so uh, yeah, I think it's just it's kind of like everybody wakes up, and um, it's got that sort of four, four on the floor thing, but. You know the way Vinny plays through it; he's practically soloing through the whole album, and uh, and and I think it's got some real, real interesting syncopations and melodic development in it. So yeah, it's a lot of fun to play. Yeah, yeah. You talked a little bit about the guys that were um, assembled for this tour. Uh, had you traveled with them in the past uh, several years of the, when you've hit uh, Europe and during this holiday time? Have you is or is this sort of a different uh, different team of players? Yeah. Um, well. If you know, if Jimmy and um, Eric are available, those are the first mm-hmm. guys that I always call, and right. I have played with them quite a bit over the over the years. And um, Gary, actually, I think we played once. We played one gig in um, the late '80s at some little club in the Valley, someplace. And uh, I, I never, I never really have played with him since then. Of course, I've heard tons about all the different projects he's been doing. And, you know, he's one of the one of the most sought after session players in the Los Angeles area, and one of the most sought after um, musicians that different people use on the road. Everybody from Chick Corea to, to Alanis Morissette has toured with this guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to tell you, he's a blast to be on on the road. He's got a 24-hour comedy routine going on. It's just, <laughs> it's just entertained. It's really, it's really been, been fun to, to – uh, and then musically, of course, he's just absolutely brilliant. 
Yeah. Well, I'm just out of curiosity, how did you end up with two drummers, uh, Vinny and Dave Weckl? Well, um, you know, we were, you know, Vinny played on, you know, Vinny's just so great. And yeah. I love, I love working with him and he's just a superb musician. And, uh, you know, we were lucky to get him on the, now is the time record. And I wanted to get him on, um, the galaxy record if he was available. And luckily we were able to, he's not, he's not always the easiest guy to pin down. He's just so busy. He doesn't always return phone calls, but luckily we were able to get him on the, um, galaxy record. And then the Dave Weckl thing is sort of a weird story there was um i was i was working on something that he had played on and i just loved the drum track and then i decided to take his drum track and write a new song to it and um and that song was was uh so good that i just ended up you know that became um that's that song that's on the record which i believe it's uh, galaxy if i'm not mistaken uh-huh. and, and and i actually went over to his house and had him redo it but we didn't use that we used <laughs> what I had this crazy sort of edited version of um, this drum track that, that that was on like another somebody else's record that I had worked on, and um, it was just one of sort one of those magic things that just happened just from kind of playing around in the studio and yeah. not really having any goal in mind. But I think it came out fantastic. Yeah. So you know, I was curious about your writing approach for this new album, Galaxy. I mean, what are what are your personal thoughts as you begin the process of of uh, a new body of work? Well, you know, now is the time was just so so much fun to do, and it got such a positive reaction that um, it just seemed obvious that uh, I really wanted to just do sort of part two of that album, and I and I started out by kind of coming up with a bunch of some of my old catalog that I wanted to redo because that was part of the Now is the Time record. We redid mm-hmm. a bunch of um, my old songs. And so it was sort of a combination of of like a new look at some of my old compositions that I could sort of bring new life to and a new sort of level of musicianship, especially by using some of the great players that we have in um, in Los Angeles. You know, uh, guys like Larry Coons, Michael Thompson, Paul Jackson Jr. Yeah, yeah. Just such great guitar players and... Um, you know the the uh, you know the quartet that we put together with Vinny and and Eric and um, and Jimmy, and then and then we just um, it's sort of a it's it's sort of a like the same way that you improvise like when you take a solo on a song that's kind of what making a record is like but you know maybe stretched over six months you know you just sort of come up with ideas and it's just sort of a stream of consciousness and um, it just sort of evolves and appears and it's just a natural process if you're lucky enough to kind of be inspired and come up with stuff that you like yeah 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 yeah. you know you dedicated a, a certain uh, uh, one of the tracks uh, to a great jazz pianist his name's um horace silver um and you called it horace and of course horace is now uh around 83 years old and tell us a little bit about horace silver who you know maybe uh, some of our listeners might not know who he is and how he plays but he's got this funky little style that um uh, that that sort of uh encourage you to uh, to dedicate a song for him yeah. Well, first of all, I, I got to say he used to live in the Palisades, which is where I live, and I used to like run into him in the in the uh, at the at the the grocery store there, <laughs> <laughs> which unfortunately I haven't for a few years. I think he might have moved or something. I even I actually named uh, my daughter Nika after one of his songs, a famous song of his called Nika's Dream. But yeah, I've always been a huge Horace Silver fan, and um, I've told this story before, but basically. When I got into jazz piano, Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea were like the first two guys that I really focused on that I just loved the way they played, but their music was way too complicated and way too sophisticated for me to figure out. 
And um, Horace Silver was really the first jazz piano player I listened to that I could understand it and I could figure it out. It was sort of my way in to understanding the basics of jazz piano songs like uh, A Song for My Father, Sister Sadie, Sophisticated Hippie. Those are some of my favorites right off the top of my head. But, um, you know, he just had such a wonderful simplicity, just um, cool little blues licks. Everything's based on the blues and also some really hip you know, alternate cha- altered changes, little bebop turnarounds and stuff. Yeah. But it, it's kind of easy to, to learn, you know, as, as like the first thing that you listen to. And um, actually the thing that really kind of brought brought up um, using his name as the name of the song is because the song's sort of based on a very uh, chromatic kind of blues lick that's very characteristic of some of Horace Silver's music. Mm-hmm. That's very, very neat. No, you are pretty much um, traveling in Europe right now for in promotion for for your new album. How much of the of the show right now is is Galaxy music as opposed to other tracks that people might have been familiar with? Well, you know, it's it's fun. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd have the whole show being the new album. Yeah, but um, it was sort <laughs> of uh, it was tough to get together with everybody and and rehearse and stuff. Luckily, about a month before. We went on the road. We had a four-night st- uh, gig at this great club in St. Louis called the Jazz Bistro. So we were able to um, basically uh, start to arrange and uh, learn some of the new material. But I'd say about half the the, the songs in the set are um, songs from the new new album right now. You're going to be wrapping up this European tour uh, later this month, I think, on the 19th in Vienna. And um, I'm just curious, how is the fan reception in uh, Europe? How, how has it been overall? And and what can you tell us about their your appetite for Jeff Lorber fusion music? <laughs> well, it's it's been great. I'm I'm sure um, um, the fact that I have such a stellar lineup helps a lot. And for some reason, they just they go crazy over drummers over here. So <laughs> I think there's a you know I think the fact that we have Gary on drums that's certainly helping a great deal, and the fact that I've been coming here consistently for a number of years and sort of um, you know we've um, we're going back to some of the same places. We're going to some new places too. Like in a few days, we're going to be playing in um, Paris that I've never actually had a chance to play in Paris before. So that'll be great. That's cool. Um, but yeah, so far it's going great. Every every night it's been. We've been getting like two and three encores every night. People have been just going crazy. I think, you know, the people here, they just love um, the kind of energetic, virtuosic jazz that Americans can bring over here. They just don't have that here for some reason. I mean, I think they have it to a degree, but, you know, the, the European players, to some extent, don't kind of bring it the way the American guys do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I just you. feel lucky that, you know, that I guess we have the culture in the U.S. that, that allows the development of the music that we have that these people over here love so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're excited about the, the new album. We can't wait. I believe, uh, when's the release date here in the States, Jeff? Um, 31st of January. Okay. All right. Well, we're excited to, to, to let everybody know that, uh, once that uh, comes out here, they'll be able to encourage everybody to get your hands on this great album. It sounds amazing. Uh, the guys had a ball and I think there's not a bad track in this whole thing. So, um, anyway, we've, uh, I think this is going to make for a, a good holiday for all of us. So, Hey Jeff, before we wrap up here, um, tell us about 2012 for you. What, what's, what's on tap for 2012? You know, we're just, we're just sort of, um, formulating the plans right now i know i'll be playing at the java jazz festival in indonesia and we're we're trying to we're we're beginning to put a few southeast asian dates around that Uh um but yeah basically um as much as i can i'm hoping to um 
you know, do as much touring as I can and play this music and, and bring it to, to the fans. And uh, I, I know we're, we're, we're looking at some, some possibilities in uh, Minneapolis and Seattle right now and San Diego. So hope, hopefully all those will get uh, solidified pretty soon. I have a website, which is lorber.com. And um, mm-hmm. we, as soon as anything becomes finalized, we, we post it up there. So that's where people can find out where we'll be playing. Well, we'll keep in touch too. And we'll be sure to pass it on to our Inside Music Cast listeners as well. I just want to thank you for um, giving a lot of the musicians the uh, visibility that they deserve. You know, there's a lot of people behind the scenes that you guys do very in-depth interviews with, and mm-hmm. it's very interesting. And I just want to thank you for doing what you guys do. Oh, no problem. It's our pleasure. We well, enjoy thank it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we have so, a ball doing this. Are you chilling for the holidays when you get back home, or are you, uh, you traveling some more? No, I'm, I'll, I'll be um, staying at home. I, I have a couple little projects that I'll be working on in my studio that I'm looking forward to, but it'll be nice to uh, get off the road <laughs> for, for a little yeah, while. No, no kidding. Absolutely. Well, you know, <laughs> well, you know, I'll be in your neck of the woods over there during the holidays, so I might give you buzz and, and hang, a little, hang a little bit and uh, uh, go out and get some lunch or something. But uh, looking forward to it. Happy holidays to you, okay? Thank you so much for being with yeah, us. Yeah, you're, you're always invited. I, I, I remember last time you were, uh, you were over, I think we uh, took a good look at my vinyl collection together while you were over. Oh my God, that was pretty funny. <laughs> to see Jeff Lorber pulling out the vinyl and playing funky cuts like Cameo and all the Brothers Johnson records. I loved it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks again for being with us and uh, and uh, ho- happy holidays to you, okay? Thank you. Same right. to you. Bye-bye. next guest here on the Inside Music Cast Holiday Special is another past guest, and it's somebody who joined us earlier this year, in fact. Yep. And of course, he's one of the most prolific songwriters in, in uh, pop history. Absolutely. Anybody in the music industry would know his name uh, with their eyes closed. So anyway. Randy Goodrum, thanks for joining us today. Welcome, Randy. Thanks, and, and to you and to everybody out there. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Right around this time, uh, Christmas time, the holidays in Nashville, it, it uh, becomes pretty uh, electric vibe over there, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're they're very holiday oriented here, mm-hmm. and they you know they go through all the they have all the trappings and the, everything, and it's um, that's that's when you learn what uh, an antiquated traffic system we have here when you try to uh, <laughs> anywhere to do anything, <laughs> especially on football games. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. You toss in something like that, and yeah. forget it. You know. Hey, well, since you've you've moved to to Nashville, you know, um, you know, you've connected with so many people over there and internationally still. But uh, how is the connecting and collaborating with musicians there? I mean, uh, what's keeping you busy these days? Well, you know, this is the second time I've lived here. I started my career here, and mm-hmm. the uh, which we may have covered in that in, yeah, yeah. in our discussion. But yep. um, of course, my wife and I are both uh, from Arkansas. And we have a lot of. Uh, friends and family there that we like to stay up with, plus we're into the uh, sports over there big mm-hmm. time, the Razorback mm-hmm. sports, and so it's um, it, it's a life quality of life choice to live here, really, and I do have some collaborations and some work that I do with, with musicians here, but primarily I sort of like work in a sort of a world view. Um, if I need to do, I do some things in L.A., I do quite a bit of stuff in Europe, and uh, continue with my relationships um, by way of uh, internet and actually going there often wherever yeah. and uh, so Nashville is a is, is a is a place a home place for me to live and uh, one of my daughters lives here and all that so it's um yeah 
in that respect, it's, it's it makes sense to live here. But but musically, uh, I I do write some for this market once in a while, something for that genre, uh, and I've had quite a few hits. Uh, but 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 it's it and you know it sort of goes through vintages and seasons uh, musically here, and sometimes it loosens up and and in, in, in a direction that I'm in, and and but I you know I sort of am just take you know taking the pulse of uh, music around the globe and finding out where I fit in best and yeah, yeah. working there. So, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about this past year. I mean, ha- how's it been for you? I mean, are you are you busy in the studio? Have you been writing with any... Uh, yeah, well, I've... <clears throat> it's interesting. Uh, I, I continue to uh, write quite a bit in Europe. Uh, I've, I've, I've been writing primarily in uh, Sweden and sometimes in Amsterdam, and, and, and actually continued some co-writing relationships with, with some of my friends in the U.K. area and Ireland and stuff that, mm-hmm. uh, that you know, we either send things back and forth or they come through Nashville. Quite a few people come through here, actually, on when they're doing their American writing sure. uh, tour. And they, you know, so anyway, but uh, I had a bit of luck with uh, um, one of the songs that I wrote with one of my, uh, some of my Swedish colleagues, because it's in the Swedish, um, it's in the top 32 of the uh, Melody Festival in Sweden, which is the Swedish version of, it's the first leg of the Eurovision. I got you. Okay. So mm-hmm. I actually have one of the top songs in that, which, awesome. is, uh, which is something I've always wanted, and it's, it's, uh, it's, so it's one of my little uh, things that I've, I've wanted to, uh, not little, it's one of the things I wanted to accomplish right. in my career. And sure. So I'm going there in February for for that contest and and to continue working with um, some of the wonderful co-writers that I've and producers that I've developed relationships with over there. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that's happened over the last year. And I continue to prepare the next Jar record, the the thing that I'm doing with Jay Graydon. Yep. And uh, it's going to be, you know, the thing is we have to. It's it's really an evolutionary step. Uh, in, uh, from the first one, the first one we're completely proud of, and you know, but you you have an obligation to at least be as good, if not better, than that on, <laughs> yeah. on anything else you do. And so we're uh, we we've been uh, we we wrote quite a bit of stuff for that, and and boiled it down to the ones we want. So we 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 have enough left over probably for another record. Really, really, but, that's um, cool. So. Anyway, that's been that's been going on, and uh, it's that's primarily it. I, I have a song that's in a movie that's going to be it's an end title for a movie. I've been writing it with a composer, Tim Hossman, who lives in California, and I hate to mention what movie it is because I don't want to jinx it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And uh, but it's uh, right now it's it's the end title song, and, uh, cool. and they picked an artist for it, and so I'm real excited about that because I do like I like writing for movies and, and stuff like that if, because it's um, Especially one that's that has a very moving premise, and, and this one does. But I'll, I'll tell you more about that when it happens. When it happens, I'll let you know. Sure, that would be great. Well, just quickly staying on that topic of uh, the next Jar project, where are you guys in the process with that album? I mean, are you getting close to releasing it, or, or uh, is it still no, a ways no, no. away? We, of course, we have all the songs done, and and there, <clears throat> some of them are completely finished and just need to be mixed. But we're we're still. Um, working on some of the other ones, and um, there you'll hear. It's, it's you know the thing is that Jay and I have uh, 
other lives that we, you know we have our business sides that we do sure and then we mm-hmm. do jar not as a hobby definitely definitely not as a hobby but the fact is that we are we are not on a major label so uh we have to we have to pick the times that we can work on it and 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 so on and so forth and mm-hmm. so it's it's a you know, if if Warner Brothers signed us, well, we'd probably have it out in a month. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but in fact, uh, that's not the case. So. Well, come on, Warner Brothers. Come, come on, on, Warner geez, Brothers. Come Let's on. make some calls. <laughs> yeah, please. Would you, would you check in with us? <laughs> you know, you mentioned uh, your collaborations with uh, Sweden. You know, folks in Sweden and Denmark in that area. Last time we spoke to you, you were connecting with a band. I think we we tried to sort of discuss it as to which band it was. It, uh, for some reason, a band called the Dirty Loops comes to mind. Uh, no, something. I. Who, I would, it was somebody I else, wasn't it? Really like the Dirty Loops. I think they're terrific. Uh, I, I've actually corresponded with the, the singer, and I, I have some mutual friends. But they're, they're kind of doing their own thing. And uh-huh. uh, I, you know, um, I'm here if they ever need what I do. And uh, but they, you know, they're sort of uh, uh, they sort of got their own thing going. I mean, there I am writing with some. Uh, there, there's a band called The Van that uh, that they're going to cut like three of my things next week. I think. Cool. And, uh, I've been also trying to work with, trying to get uh, a deal for a band called Frost, which is uh, is sort of a cross between Nickelback and Peter Gabriel, and it's some of the best wow. writing I ever did and or have ever done. But uh, haven't got a haven't got a label for them yet. But uh, wow, I've been in the the the, uh, the common thread of all this is a wonderful writer named Tord Backstrom, T O R D B A C K S T R O M. Who writes for Scandinavian Songs? Who is my Swedish sub-publisher, and yeah. he and I really write well together, and I, I love this stuff. So I, I you know, I, I have all kinds of genres I write in, and and you know, it's really heavy rock. This one, and then of course, mm-hmm. some people think of me as the "You Needed Me" ballad kind of writer. <laughs> like, yeah, I can do that too if you want. And uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's been. It's just it's just really uh, a wonderful uh, group of styles and, and and intelligent writers in in Stockholm and Amsterdam places like that that uh, you know they don't want to just write the same stuff uh, that certain territories want to write. You know, it, right. it's funny. Nashville has a sort of a flavor of, uh, that if you spend any time there, you can really hear it. In your writing, uh, you know, when I, I can always tell when people have been here for quite a while because I can hear it in their writing. Hmm. And the places like uh, that's one of the things I liked about living in LA was, you know, the rules changed every day, and yeah. it was like uh, I like that. Yeah. I like feeling like uh, reinventing the wheel yeah. rather than just doing the same one over and over. You know. Hey, you know, uh, this is a seasonal question. I've got to ask this. You know, out of the so many collaborations and albums that you've projects, songs that you've written, um, I'm sure you've Maybe this is a bad assumption, but I'm sure you've uh, worked on some Christmas albums or projects before. Yeah. Um, is there any one that stands out that was a really cool Christmas project that you well, that you here's on? a there, there's I always wanted to write a Christmas standard, and mm-hmm. I don't know that that I'll ever do it, but I have written one song in particular with a guy named John Jarvis who lives here. Yeah, I wrote back in the early '90s, and it's a song called "Till the Season Comes Round Again." And it's been recorded by uh, Vince Gill, uh, Reba McIntyre. I mean, it's not really a country song, per se, but a lot of the national artists have recorded it. Let's see, Vince Gill, Reba McIntyre, Kenny Rogers put it on two records. 
Uh, and then Amy Grant did this incredible version of it with full orchestra, and she does it in her Christmas show. And let's see, I think it's been cut a couple of other times. I can't really pull up who's done it. But that one is is, is trying to be something that people will record perennially. But uh, it's... Um, and then I have written a few other things that I wrote, I wrote some uh, a, a musical for uh, uh, CBS, I think. Uh, Target was the sponsor. Of a couple, it was a skating had had uh, Scott, um, you know, the great skater. What's his name? Hamilton. Scott, Scott Hamilton. Yes, Scott Hamilton was in it, and a lot of the big skaters. And I wrote a whole bunch of. Uh, songs for that and 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 christmas oriented and but those are not those are not going to end up being i mean that was a great project and, and your question was a great project so that was a i did two of those and and those were those were, those were great projects but um in terms of uh a song itself i would say till the season comes around again is is it's something that i i really consider a, a milestone cool. and still want to write something that's uh and what's interesting about that song, though, is, you know, I, I told John when we were writing, I said, it'd be great to find a premise that nobody's written about instead of, because everybody's always talking about, oh, Christmas is coming, and or or Christmas is here, or something. And the premise of Till the Season Comes Around Again is that this is the moment that everybody kind of lifts the, the glass up and clinks it yeah. is the is the very end of the season. So you know, let's cherry this cherish this moment till the season comes around again. And it's so right. it's um it, you know it's always try to find some ground that nobody's been on yet. You yeah, know, right. it's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. I write a song. Well, speaking of uh, the holidays, uh, they're obviously upon us. And just curious, well, are you going to be taking a break? Or are you going to be working right through the holidays? What what's going on for uh, you? Well, uh, I think we're going to try to uh, go see my daughter, one of my daughters who lives in uh, Berlin. She's studying for a PhD, so wow. we're going to somewhere in during the holiday period. We're, we're going to try to uh, to get over there and and, uh, and hang out with her. Very and neat. So I think that's that's other than that, just the usual um, try to see family and friends. Yeah. Very nice. And then, and, and just looking ahead into 2012, the new year, I mean, uh, obviously you're still going to be continuing working on the JAR project and some other things, but what else, uh, what else do you have going on in 2012? Well, uh, I talked to, I've been corresponding with Luke in the last few days, and he wants me to, to come out and, and write for his next uh, solo record. Oh, very cool. And uh, it's something that he's luckily, uh, luckily for me, feels as part of his routine is to try to come up with something with me, and I, I'm very honored about that. That's very cool. So there's that, and then um, I'm going to uh, Stockholm in February for the uh, Melody Festival over there mm-hmm. that I had a song that's in the top 32, and I'll be writing and working over there. And then, of course, uh, I'll be really bearing down and trying to finish the JAR uh, second album. Yeah. So that's my immediate plans, and... Uh, that's that's uh, that's about as much as I plan. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that sounds good. It sounds like you're going to keep busy. Well, because <laughs> other stuff comes along, and the worst thing is to be booked. Right. Yeah, right, right. Very true. Well, very nice. Randy, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to catch up well, with us. i glad to and, do uh, it, and I hope you can edit out all my uhs. And <laughs> all of ours, too. <laughs> stuff like that. And we wish all you right, have a, have a nice holiday. Yeah, same to you and your family, too. All right, talk to you soon. All right, take, take care. care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 
Marching through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh O'er the fields we go Laughing all the way Bells on bobtail ring Making spirits bright What fun it is to run and sing A sleighing song tonight And last but not least, on our holiday special here on Inside Music Cast, is a good friend of the show. In fact, uh, Eddie and I go way back with this with this wacky character. Quite <laughs> <laughs> a long way. Yeah, we've been following his tracks for many, many years. And I, I honestly believe if this guy wasn't uh, a musician, he'd be a comedian. I totally agree. <laughs> Inside Music Cast welcomes a good friend, Steve Lukather, to the show. Steve, thanks for joining us. Welcome, Luke. Hey. And uh, happy holidays to you as well. Absolutely. Well, same to you, man. You know, it's a lot to be thankful for after a long year. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of a long year, you know, you and I, about a year ago, we had a couple of email exchanges in 2010, and at the time, you know, you and I were both kind of in similar situations in our lives, especially in terms of, you know, relationships and everything happening. And, you know, you weren't too shy about posting your thoughts and personal challenges on, on Facebook. So with that said, well, I wrote you, about it. I wrote a whole album about it, you know. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's, well, right, that's true, yeah. too. <laughs> but, you know, just it's look funny because I just started my new one yesterday in, in the, in, in, that we just started writing and wrote a killer Killer first hand to set the pace. There we go. Way to go. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> it's called First Blood. That's so, the name of it? First Blood? I mean, that's the working title anyway. That's cool. <laughs> first song the record. You might have, you to, know, you might have to stick with that. There's other shit in my life. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not going to be a doom and gloom record because, you know, I, and I'm working with T.J. Vanson again, who I love. Uh-huh. I have an instant rapport. I'm going to bring back in a bunch of other people. Randy Goodrum's going back to Riot. I'm sure Phil will be in there. My son, Trev. Yeah. He wants to, you know, he wants to get something in there, but you know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of the game here. It was supposed to start in February. Yeah. Well, that's... I'm having a ball. That was a really positive thing, you know. And you know, I'm, I'm in a different place now. Well, yeah. Calm down. That was part of my question. I mean, looking back over this past year, I mean, is it fair to say that you know, 2011 was a, kind of a year of personal rebuilding and getting back into the groove of finding happiness? Well, it takes a while, man. You know, yeah. I think I'm not alone in this. I mean, I think a lot of people's lives changed a lot in the last few years yeah um you know unexpected things popped up and relationships ending some relationships starting yeah kids born you know things life changes life lifestyle changes you yeah. know yeah. I'm, I'm i mean i'm 54 years old now the things that that used to amuse me and excite me when i was young and even people like that i'm just a different person it's almost like somebody else entered my body yeah I've you know I'm, I'm thankfully I'm good friends with my ex and my little kids I see every day when I'm home, and they're wonderful and healthy and, and my older kids are great and they're healthy and cool and yeah carrying on into adult. Trev's got some new music up that uh, they're going to start working on yeah um, he's got management now and it's an exciting time for him so yeah yeah I'm looking at life as a, you know I'm one of the lucky guys that you know has a full dance card in this time when nobody's working, so. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm working real hard, you know, and I'm very healthy, and I feel like I've, people are looking at me differently in a positive light, so I've worked hard to try to repair my uh, party boy image, you know, which is really, <laughs> talk about 180, 100% different person. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I go to bed early, I get up early, and I just kind of look around, and I think about what I used to do, and when I, certain people, I mean, I go out, and people come up to me, and they, <laughs> maybe we're not on the same planet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, I kind of go, wow, I was that guy, man. <laughs> and it's a trip to really have these self-realizations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't begrudge anybody having a good time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not some, like, you know, reform. Nobody likes to reform to anything. Right. But I just find that I've, you know, I've spent a lot of alone time mm-hmm. on the road and stuff. I'm not out chasing chicks every night, and, you know, and getting buzzed and stuff. I mean, I do the gig. I go back. I rest. I read a book. I study. I, you know, I study things, you know. Mm-hmm. I read. You know, I'm interested in life, and I really care about what happens next, and Hoping it's, uh, you know, the future looks a lot brighter than the last time we talked, I can tell you that. <laughs> and like you mentioned a couple of seconds ago, I mean, it's it's all pouring sort of into the what you're doing with your music now when you're writing, right? It obviously affects everything that's coming out of you as a creative writer. Well, you know, I really, you know, it's funny because I used to avoid lyrics and stuff, you know, and now I've, I've, I've like, no, I really, I really want to write this, you know. Wow, that's neat. Yeah. If I, you know, I really want to write it because apparently, you know, the last album as well, it got such great reviews and touched a lot of people because I was, I was really, I just wrote about my life. Mm-hmm. I didn't try, I mean, no, I'm not writing about like how fast my car goes and how big my girlfriend's tits are anymore, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's really, I mean, at my age, that would just be sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like being a drunk falling down, you know, at 54 years old. It's fun, it's funny when you're 20, but it's not funny when you're my age. Yeah. And, you know, I playing guitar a lot, you know, taking that real serious, you know, I'm like, all right, Got some big things coming up. I'm going to do G3, and you know, Joe, Joe Satriani and Steve Vai invited me along to G3. That's right, right. that's right. Doing. That's great. And those guys are pretty good, so, you know, I've been you know, putting in a couple, two or three hours a day of practice before I even get out to write and record and work. I get up early, so I have all this extra energy, and I'm putting it towards the positive. Well, you're speaking of that G3 tour, it's it's only going to be in Australia to start off with, but do you think it'll expand and go other? Oh, other? I don't know. I don't, you know, I think everybody's got a full card, you know. Yeah, I yeah. think uh, Joe's got Chicken Foot, Steve's got a full year of his band. I got my stuff. Mm-hmm. I got something really big coming, and I, I hate to say it, you hate it when people say it, I can't tell you yet. But yeah. when you hear about it, and it's for the USA, in the summertime, the first half of the summer, Toto's totally doing the second half of the summer. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be in the USA. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, it, it's kind of a, a big deal to me anyway. Yeah. But you know you'll probably hear about it within the next three or four weeks. So and, and I'm and I'm I really want to tell everybody. I haven't even told my oldest daughter because I know she'll post it on Facebook and I'll get screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Live so, by f- I mean, uh, no offense to my darling Tina, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. I've been really very few people know. I'm not allowed to tell it. It could be a deal breaker, so that's why. But when you hear about it, you're going to laugh and go, wow, cool. And you can call me back and we'll talk about it. That's okay. cool. You know, we just... Uh, as part- I mentioned this because everybody goes, you never played in the United States. Well, this time, I'm going to get out to a lot of major cities. And then Toto's got, you know, with our new management and new agency, um, there's a lot of fresh ideas for the next few years. Mm-hmm. We're going to kind of go out just for a little bit all over, you know, a little bit of U.S., a little bit of this. Get our feet where we're trying to establish ourselves back in the U.S. again with the Toto situation. Sure, and um, we're going to do a few things, but really, it's it's thirteen that's going to be the thirty fifth massive tour. We're going to do new songs and all this stuff, you know, new album cuts that we didn't do. Yeah, we're going to rehearse in May to go out in August after I'm done with my what mm-hmm. I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I uh, I finish July twenty first, and then we're going to start right up, and then that's going to lead us into the next year. 
which will be pretty much, you know, my my new album will come out probably fall, and then I might do some some touring in January for because we can't work until Steve Picaro's show Justified is over. That's right. Exactly That's right. right. Yes. So I mean, and and Nathan East has a lot of stuff, and so does Simon's doing it. He's out with the the that incredible Japanese pianist. Right, Anthony yeah. Jackson. So everybody's working on everybody else's schedules, but we blocked out May through November 13 mm-hmm. to do the massive 35th anniversary tour, which will be an extravaganza as did least. Well, very cool. So you kind of answered one of the questions I was going to ask, and that was, who's going out on this tour? So is it going to be pretty much the same lineup you had? In- okay, so unless you know something weird happens, you know. I can't see. I mean, you know, we, we everybody, you know, been blocked, blocked out, and everybody knows what's going on. Everybody wants to do it. Yeah, we're gonna obviously, you know, we're gonna update. You know, besides the obvious hits we have to play, we're gonna do all a bunch of different tunes from the album cuts. You know, yeah, some some stuff we've never played. So we're gonna dig out some. We're gonna go deep. You know, from the first album forward. You know, right. do stuff that showcases Dave, me, Steve, Carl, Joseph. We'll do the same. You know, we're not we're not doing the same set. In other words, yeah. Hey, there, it, there was uh, there were some people bitching that we did the same set this year as we did last year. Well, we had three days to rehearse because everybody was sick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, and we played places that people hadn't seen us. So you know, that's right, the answer yeah. to that question. Yeah. Sorry about that. No, so, okay. so regarding to the but va- this time, we're going to do see, like a couple weeks of extensive rehearsals and really up upgrade the set. And it'll, it'll go even crazier in thirteen when we do the retrospective of. 35 yeah. years, but cool. we're going to keep this band intact because this is the band that, first of all, I feel the most comfortable with, man. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you know, aside from, you know, Mike's bummer, which is beyond mm-hmm. even talking about. Right. Uh, you know, to help him and the family, you know, um, this is, this version of the band um, is really strong and everybody gets along really well. It's basically, you know, with Dave, Steve, and Joe, these are my high school buddies. Right. You know, and I feel Joe's singing great. I mean, when we did this DVD, there's no fixes. He didn't have to fix nothing. It wasn't an auto-tune nightmare. That's cool. That's no, no, cool. You know, we saved ourselves $10,000. Unfortunately, this DVD, which I'm sure you're going to ask me about. We are. Um, <laughs> we're in litigation over this now. Oh, really? It's done. It's ready to come out. Really? The problem is, there's somebody suing saying that they they own it. So we have two people saying they own it. And you know, to be honest with you, that was—I mean, we were our, our old managers made some horrendous errors in this in this contract. Having us sign this contract, it's very complicated. And I don't want to get into legalese, but we got caught with our pants down, and it's the last of cleaning up the, the old mess and moving on towards the new. And I'm hoping that we can get through this without it turning into a two-year bummer where we're not allowed to release any DVDs or records or do anything aside from playing live. Nobody can keep us from doing that. Yeah. But you know these litigations. If you know anything about music business litigation, it's it, it, right up there with divorce. And the, the the lawyers just get in there and like, okay, let's rack up a five hundred thousand dollar bill. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody's gonna win here. Yeah. Well, but there's somebody that um, I, I'm not going to say anything about now. But when it's done, I'll be happy to. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I was curious about the DVD only because we. Uh, in January of this of this year, you know, about you know ten eleven months ago, we interviewed Simon, and Simon was working on it at the time. Well, that was the last one. Who, 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 the audio was great, and then we saw the visual was burned out. The lights were all overblown. Yeah, because the director was in a car accident, or whatever, and our manager wasn't paying attention yet okay. again. Hence, we changed manager. We're over with Doc McGee and James Blades over there. Yeah, he's our point guy, and but you know that, and then we're WME. 
which is William Morris Worldwide on, on New Age. That kind of came in as, as a package. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're, you know, Toast really got to redo startup with some really strong people behind us, you know? Yeah. Well, I just, I want to, I want to skip backwards to a second. I want to talk about, um, this, this new album, this project that you're working on. And we just interviewed, uh, Randy Goodrum, who's going to be part of our holiday special here. And, uh, um, oh, great. Yeah. Rand's coming out this weekend. We're going to do, we're going to bang out a couple of things. We, I mean, I wouldn't be an album without Randy and having a couple of Randy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Well, that's what Rand he mentioned. Fee. I got to have some fee. Fee's twisted sense of lyrics, you know, <laughs> so, but, you know, and you know, like I said, <clears throat> I have a winning team. I'd like to keep, keep my team, you know, definitely. Yeah. So where are you in the creative process? I mean, with, uh, you said, Randy, I wrote Randy's... the first, wrote and recorded some stuff with CJ yesterday for the first, the first song has been written. Cool. Cool. So, and, uh, so I'm very, that, that's always the hardest one. Yeah. It's like the first time you have sex, you're everybody's nervous and you don't know, we're going to actually, is this going to be good? <laughs> You know, am I putting it in the right hole? Because sometimes, you know, you know, when you get old enough, you get you, you will find the fourth hole. Hard to find, kid. All right, that's the one that'll keep you keep her following you around for years. No, I'm cracking up. I can't I ask. People have a sense of humor. I me. can't ask my next question though. <laughs> no, actually, what I was thinking about calling the album the fourth hole. <laughs> That reminds and me. And have me standing on a golf course next to the, next to the, like a hole, like a hole with a fork, with the flag coming out with a really sarcastic look on my face, like you're kidding, right? <laughs> that reminds so me. At least I got my sense of humor back. And no, I won't do that. But you know what I'm saying? It's, no, I know. You know. I mean, it was. It's like naming a band. The first thing, the first hour is spent coming up with names that you could never use that are just right. funny. <laughs> well, you know, it reminds me of uh, an album. I don't know which album it was. Uh, maybe it was a Los Lobotomies record or something a long time ago. But I remember, I don't know if this is true or not, but you had a working title of uh, The Only Bone Between Us Is Mine. <laughs> no, I hate every bone in your body but mine. Oh, that's what that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was for my first solo album, <laughs> which is now whatever they call it, Lugather. Right, uh, right. Uh, Sony wouldn't let me do it. And then C.C. <laughs> DeVille from Poison, who I was hanging out with at the time, Remember, this was the 80s, and I love Cecil. He's great. He's healthy. He's great. He's cool. Um, he he heard that. He loved it, and he named the song on a Poison album. Oh, the, I yeah. had every bone in your body but mine. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that is, okay. Which I found, I, you know, listen, I I don't think I invented that, but I wanted to use it. You know, it's, it's, it's a funny title. <laughs> well, you should do it but, now. You know, you know nowadays, there, there's no, there, isn't there a band called Fuck You or something? I mean, it's like, yeah. there, there's no censorship at all. No, there's not. Except when it comes to telling the people the truth politically, but that's uh, a whole other story sometimes. <laughs> we can't get into that. We don't have enough time no, for that. I don't want to get I don't want to go. <laughs> you lose half your audience. Well, and sticking with your new album, what? tell me about the musical direction you're thinking about for this project. Well, like I said, the first song's been written, but it's an up-tempo... The thing I love about working with CJ is that harmonically, we just go off the map. I mean, it's still rock and roll. I'm not writing a fusion, uh, you know, instrumental record. It, it's going to be a lot. I mean, there'll probably be a, one or two instrumental things on the record because, you know, I, I unlike uh, Joe and Steve, Joe, Joe Cetrione and Steve Vai, who can sustain a whole album's worth of uh, instrumental music, or Jeff Beck, you know, or Eric Johnson, people like this. Although Eric sings, Eric sings too, so he's not unlike me in the sense of like digging on having some vocals on a record. But yeah, I think that those guys do that stuff so great, you know. I could sneak a little bit in, but I, I like to sing. I like to write songs, you know. Yeah. But we're not writing songs to try to write, oh, this is my new hit single. 
So that really takes the gloves off on things that we can do a little bit more progressive. Sure. I hate to use these these broad terms, you know, like <laughs> you're going to get the wrong impression. Basically, it's it's rock stuff, but with real adult cards and and adventurous, you know, adventurous harmonically, which inspires me to write, you know, the lyrics that I write about how I view the world and what's going on in my life. And yeah. I'm going to be a little bit more hopeful this time, you know what I mean? I think, you know, we're coming to, to 2012 and you, the History Channel, is this the end of the world, the beginning of the world? Uh, we're either going to recover from this economic disaster or we're all going to be broke, wild. I made the mistake of watching this History Channel show about a, what would happen if there was a pandemic, you know, where everybody got sick, mm-hmm, right. some flu, that, you know, and everything, all the power went out and all of a sudden we're barbecuing our neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I want to live through that. You no, know? no, I don't want to see my kids starve. I, mean, I just—if that's really the end of the world, you know—I I want to get some of that Michael Jackson juice and take the fucking dirt nap, you know, nice and quiet. <laughs> well, hey, I want to talk quickly about your son Trev for a moment. You—you you mentioned a yeah, second man. ago. You know, he's—he's he's, um, beginning to release some new music, and he's putting it up on Facebook with his band Bermuda Saints, and and I you think know, that's he, what they do now. I mean, I go, why are you doing that? You don't even have to deal yet. Yeah. He's like, that's what we do, Dad. We've got to test it. We're testing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I go, okay. I mean, it sounds great to me, man. I was really proud of you. Rip it doll on that first tune. Well, he's doing, uh, he's playing guitar. He's doing background vocals. He's got Colin Blades, which is Jack's son, on, uh, yeah. on lead vocals. And he even had Sklar and uh, Mr. Chocolate himself on, on drums and a killer band. Yeah, well, you know, Dad's pals, you know? Yep. <laughs> so, oh, it was so great. Trevor told me that somebody wrote, or wrote on you know the reaction to the tune and because you know, I put who who played on at least Clark or Mr. Chocolate you know and, and some guy wrote he goes he goes yeah I guess if your last name is Lucas or Lee Clark automatically becomes your bass player <laughs> and it was the funniest thing I ever wrote my because Lee's a legend you know yeah and you know they did it as a favor to Trev because they did Trev you know right yeah and uh, you know and and Jack Jack and I have been going back and forth but dig the kid you know and you know Colin's a real nice kid you know and he's and they're just they're going to do their first gig, a little warm-up show, just kind of get their feet wet, and uh, that's exciting. And so I'm really happy and proud for him. I really, I really hope this year they got really strong management. Uh, they're, they're, they're kind of co-managed by um, Michael Lipman's firm and Doc McGee's firm. Yeah. Uh, so they got double, you know, and you know, Lipman managed Matchbox 20 and all that stuff. So they got some pretty powerful people behind them. Yeah. And they're going to they're, they're going to hit the ground running, you know. Very cool. Uh, as of January, so we'll see. I'm really hoping. I'm really hopeful that the dreams come true because I think he's really, really good. But you know, the record business is like, what is the record business? Anyway? Yeah, no one knows. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? I just keep thanking, clicking my heels together like Dorothy. <laughs> you know, and there's no place I come because I'm never here. So I'm lucky enough to be working. Yeah. This block book. Sad for my kids, but Skype really helps. Yeah. But you know, what am I supposed to do? I have a lot of mouths to feed and a lot of things going on. And right. What the hell else am I supposed to do? I mean, here I am. I'm 54 years old, busier than I've ever been. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, studio work is like nil. So yeah. if I had to depend on that, I'd be in real trouble. Yeah. yeah, really. But I'm lucky that there's a lot of opportunities coming my way, and the Toto wants to work again. And there's been. I mean, that was a sold out, really successful tour. Yeah. You know, it was amazing, really. And okay. we had a blast. Yeah, and it gave Just you probably... before we were starting to get on each other's nerves, we split. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man, you know, like, you know, we've known each other since we were 15, you know? Right. And, you know, we all have our little quirks, and mm-hmm. everybody accepts them, and, and we laugh about them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, but we all love each other deep down, you know? Yeah, yeah. When... And that's the bottom line, is I couldn't do it again unless it was going to be of 
are we are we pals again? You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to go into bad rapping anybody right now because that's just not who I am anymore. Right. Nor was I, but sometimes I'd mouth off and say stupid things about people that used to be in the band or whatnot. But people make their decisions. Life goes on. Things change, and I wish everybody well. I'll just leave it at that. How about that? That sounds good. <laughs> hey, you know, you were uh, you were recently uh, a featured guest at the uh, Grammy Museum for the Great Guitar that was Series. Fun. I was very honored. Well, you know, it kind of reminded me of something, you know, speaking of the Grammys, it, you know, that the this coming April marks the 30th anniversary of the release of Toto 4. And, um, yeah, I think the Grammys would rather forget us, you know. Well, you know, that's what I, I was... Re- wa- I was really hurt, man. I was in a bookstore and I saw the, the producer of the Grammys wrote a book uh-huh. about the history of the Grammys, of the guy, the television guy who produced the television shows. And they wrote in there that the year we won was the greatest embarrassment in the Grammy history. Why? Because people thought we didn't deserve it, and it was a fix, and that there was people in uproars, especially this melonhead guy. Uh, he went completely apeshit, and Tommy Mottola was his manager at the time, and that was part of the reason why we got buried, from what I understand. Hmm. That we beat him. There were people mad at us that we won. They thought that we had some inside track, or that we, uh, you know, the people voted for us just because we were studio musicians and they knew us. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, and, and that was really hurtful to me. I was like, wow, really? I mean, we weren't even members of Nerys at the time. We didn't vote for ourselves. And the fact is, there was only like 5,000 members. Now there's 50,000 members. Right, right. Including your secretary and everybody. <laughs> Back then, you had to be a real musician, writer, producer, really in the music business, not just some funky manager's secretary, you know what I mean? Who could you know, stuff the votes by just, everybody at Sony has to vote for this, or everybody at Warner Brothers has to vote for this. It was much more everybody really listened to everything. Now they cut out all the great categories for the musicians. Now they're turning it into who's going to get the most TV show eyes so we can sell commercial time, you know? It's just, you know, and, and it, like I read this, it really hurt me. Yeah. And, you know, as an uber-sensitive guy, I, I, I'm absolutely positive that, you know, that they would just assume that we, that we were all dead. But, you know, what? if they did their homework, they'd realize that, A... I was on album of the year three years in a row. That's true. Quincy Jones, the dude, Total Form, Michael Jackson, Thriller. Right. Between all of us, in in a ten year period, must have been a hundred nominated records. Right. So right. How could that be a fluke? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A fluke is a guy that had one hit and all of a sudden won a bunch of Grammys. You never heard from him. Right. Yeah. And then have anything to do with anyone else in the Grammys but that time. But that's not the case with us. And we keep getting the shit beat out of us all the time. You know. It's like, guys, you know, what's up with that? People don't want to talk to us. You know, we're definitely also killed in, in most scenarios. Mm-hmm. And you look at lists, we usually make the worst band ever list. <laughs> <laughs> and I just never really understood that, especially in this day and age when everything's put on a grid and auto-tuned and time-corrected and everything like that. They said, we were slick? Come on, that's, we had yeah, room to play that shit. That's a really good point, because I know that that was one of the criticisms of Toto back in the day, but I mean, Yeah, God. we actually sat in a room without any rehearsal, and yeah. somebody would bring in a tune without a demo, and we'd go, okay, here's a little chord chart, let's play the groove, well, Jeff would go, okay, you know, Jeff and Paige would kind of sit down, if Dave had a tune, and we'd listen to it, and we'd all play it, and we'd record it. One or two, three takes tops, and that was on the record. Mm-hmm. Now, if that makes us the worst band in history, I'd like to see any of these young assholes do that. <laughs> exactly. And when I say young assholes, I'm just being a be old guy being sarcastic. Right, right. No. But, but you know, you... I've I raised my kid, Trev, man. I mean, he goes in there and plays. He plays a lot. He knows he, he knows how to play to a click. Yeah. He's got a great time, great feel. They don't fake it. Yeah. 
So, I mean, the new, there's a new generation that's coming around that can really play. Yeah. But yeah. they're not making, quote-unquote, hits records. Exactly. What was that thing that just came out that somebody said that Katy Perry had more number one hits than, or, than Michael Jackson? Right. Or they were comparing, like, you know, Celine Dion to the Beatles or something like that. It kind of gives you a nervous tick, you know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that, you know. Taylor Swift sold more records than Hendrix or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, people say that about us. Yeah. That we didn't deserve any of our success and that we somehow had had a secret handshake with all the voting members, which is bullshit. Oh, you know what they say about so, I mean, will we be invited? I doubt it. I know that uh, David and I, you know, we're sort of hit on to do some stuff for Music Cares. I mean, I did the Grammy Museum thing with Scott Goldman, and they treated me fantastic. So maybe I'm full of shit, you know? <laughs> I would like to think that maybe... I mean, I'm noticing after 35 years in, people's attitudes towards me and even the band has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. But there's still a few people that from that old guard that just won't let it go. Yeah. Like those, uh, you know, the, the, there's somebody coming out with a book like, you know, The Good, Bad, and the Really Awful of Rock and Roll. Well, I'm scared to read that book. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just have, I'll just go right to the truly awful, you know, and I know who wrote the guy, Kurt Loder, who hated us from day one. There's that yeah. old school Rolling Stone mentality. Right, exactly. There's still a few of those guys left. Like, there's a few guys in Congress that are 90 years old that are still in there causing shit. <laughs> no, no, you know, I'm not going to... Like, I'm, you asked me about the Grammy will be asked. No, man, nobody even thought to ask us. Yeah, yeah that's true. I now, mean, our new managers are supposedly, you know, oh, yeah, yeah we'll get into that, but... <laughs> let's just say, this year's nominations were a little bit of an eye-opener. Yeah. I think Adele's going to win everything, because I think she deserves to. I, I think, out of all of them, I was happy to see the Foo Fighters get... Because I think that album... Oh, the Foo's, too. I mean, the Foo's... Now, what a great rock... The last, the great rock and roll band. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I should... Well, that's unfair. That's a broad statement, but I, I love them. Yeah. The Wa- Wasting Light was a fantastic album. You know, those guys just consistently keep getting better, tighter, and writing really intelligent rock songs, and they think them, you know, not, not obvious changes in there, and Dave's such a great front man. And, you know, I'm, Taylor's a great drummer, man. You know, I see him all... I've known him since he was playing drums with... Sass Jordan opening for Los Lobotomies back in 1994. Wow, yeah. You know, and, you know, I see Dave at the local yogurt shop with his little kids, and I got my little kids. Hey, Dave, look at him. I'm a big fan. Very nice man. Very nice cat. Yeah. Good friends with Steve. It's very, you know, you live in Hollywood. Everybody knows everybody. (laughs) Hey, tell us about a gig that you've got on the 22nd of December at the Big Potato. You're going to be jamming with you guys. Yeah, Matheson called, you know, said, we should play again. And I realized I hadn't played there in years and years. So I said, sure, I'll play. Yeah. I said, you know, it sounds like fun. You know, I'm just going to bring in one little amp, a couple stomp boxes, and go old school. I have no idea. We'll we'll probably play a couple of the old things that we did, we're known for from 30 years ago, a couple of new surprises, and just, to play, you know, there we're you not go. making a big deal out of it. We're in no rehearsals or nothing. Yeah, just yeah. like just like we did in the old days. Yeah, but the musicianship is at a high level, so uh, I imagine everybody's going to be have a good time. I hear it's all sold out already. Yeah. yeah, it is. Eddie, you're going to that show, right? I'll be there at the show, yeah. Very cool. You know, with the holidays here, and now that you're uh, back home from your... Uh, well, your... i got a bunch of holidays. I'm doing the Mark and Brian Christmas show next week in the All-Star Band with Satriani, Mike Anthony, yeah. uh, Bissonette, and is playing drums. <clears throat> Ed Roth, uh, Mark Bonilla, Steve Picaro's in it, yeah. some background singers, and we're doing it with Kevin Cronin, um, Richard Page from Mr. Mister. Nice. We're going to do a bunch of all everybody's hits and tunes, and it'll be fun, do some Christmas stuff, and 
I've been doing that for like 25 years, you know? Yeah, Pretty cool. So it's, and I'm doing a Harry Shearer's Christmas party, uh, which is a little bit different thing. CJ is the musical director, so I think Scholar's going to do that too. Yeah. And then this, and then I'm getting ready to leave June 3rd to go back and do this orchestra gig for a month in Europe. Very cool. Classic rock thing, you know? Quite honestly, uh, it takes care of some of my financial obligations for the year. <laughs> if you get my drift. Yeah. yeah, so you will be there. My, my new lifestyle is somewhat expensive, even though I don't spend any money on myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can insert your own adaptions to all that. <laughs> well, look, hey, man. Does, wink, wink, get it. <laughs> Well, hey, it's been really cool catching up with you. It's been a while, and uh, and, and me and my brother. Yeah, and uh, what I mean, well, I mean, you pretty much spelled it out. But 2012 looks pretty full for you. You got tons going on. I got on full right. dance card till December next year, oh, and I'm cool. very blessed in this day and age. I really hope the end of the world doesn't happen on the you know. There's no meteors flying towards us, or somebody doesn't <laughs> press the wrong button and, and you know annihilate half the planet. Yeah, I really hope we're on a road of recovery and, and uh, something. You know, if there's going to be change. Let's make it positive. Yeah. yeah, all we can do is hope for yeah, that. We were all kind of hoping for that, you know. And hope is what keeps us getting up in the morning every day, right? That's right. That's about it. Well, hopefully, you know, uh, I mean, I got little kids. You know, I don't, I don't want to see that. I want them to have a good time at least. You know, if they take me out right now, I've had an amazing life. Yeah. But you know, you look at your little ones, you go, "Geez, you know, I want yeah. them to have a good time too." Exactly. No well, suffering, no pain. Let's hear it for no pain and suffering in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody healthy and happy and thriving. And everything's right. turning around for the better. Let's keep that mantra alive. There you go. Indeed. Hey, well, hopefully uh, we can catch up with you down the road here too. I hope to see you out at well, some shows this year. The spot, man. Yeah, I'll be there. Well, Eddie will be there. I won't be, but um, hope to, hopefully I'll catch you out on the road on a well, solo happy show. Happy holidays to you guys, man. I yeah, same to you. Everything is just the best year ever, and same life goes you. on. And it's all a group. All, all right. right. Happy holidays, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Okay, pal. Talk to you later. Take care. Bye. Bye. Very special thanks to Lee Sklar, Jeff Lorber, Randy Goodrum, and Steve Lukather for joining us for the Inside Music Cast Holiday Special. We also want to thank our correspondents Scott Gross, Brian Pearson, Kim Riley, and Max Zape for the generous contribution to Inside Music Cast. Inside Music Cast is powered by Cabello Associates and Earshot Audio Post. Be sure to join us on January 2nd as Inside Music Cast kicks off the new year with a very special guest, John Oates. Happy holidays and thanks for supporting Inside Music Cast.